Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 504 Core Podcast, episode 44. Uh, rolling along, where was Zach Nagy today of Sports Illustrated? Uh, a lot of LSU sports going on, Zach. Uh, let's start off with, um, you know, start LSU basketball with the big win over Kentucky. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, obviously business is booming for Matt McMahon and the program right now. That's back-to-back top 20 victories. They got one over South Carolina on Saturday. And they got another one over Kentucky on Wednesday. I mean, Look, I've been kind of talking highly of McMahon just because I feel like he's starting to steer this ship in the right direction. And now you're kind of starting to see the proofs in the product, back-to-back top 20 victories. And you're doing this without Jalen Cook. You're doing this without your best player as well. So, I mean, look, the roster's talented, but it's nowhere near where it needs to be. And for McMahon, he's making way with what he's got. Uh, He came back on Wednesday. They were down by 15 in the second half. And uh, they're kind of the comeback kids is what he's been calling them. And here we are, fast forward uh, to Wednesday night. And you know, you beat a top 20 opponent in Kentucky. The fans stormed the floor. The students stormed the floor. Angel Reese led the charge. And it's just kind of like they, they just continue to do things that you wouldn't have expected. A lot of people thought that if this program won, let's say, four or five conference games, it'd be a victory of a season. But, you know, now you've eclipsed the six mark. You've got back-to-back top 20 victories. I've said it again. I'm trying to, you know, instill it in listeners' minds is that back-to-back top 20 victories isn't, you know, anything to shy away from. It's a pretty big deal. And McMahon's doing the most right now. He's killing it on the recruiting trail. He's killing it with the program that he's got. And I feel like this guy's the limit for this team. And now on Saturday, we're filming this on, you know, noon on Friday. And, you know, looking to tomorrow, they play Mississippi State. And there's a big chance for this team to win, let's say, three, four out of their last five, six games. So um, carry the momentum of the SEC tournament and see what you can do. Obviously, the NCAA tournament's far-fetched right now. But, you know, if you can go into the end of the season with some momentum and carry that into the offseason, I mean, that's a big win for McMahon and company. Yeah, no, and then we, we talked about it before, how this is probably like year one. Last year was year zero, considering what he inherited. I mean, what he inherited, like one player from Will Wade's tenure? Zero. He was lucky to get two guys, three guys to even come back, and yeah. most of them left. The only player that was on that Will Wade team was Moani Wilkinson, and he's in his senior year. He might have a super senior year left if he wants, but yeah, I mean, to what you're saying, he he inherited nothing. Yeah, no, he, he's got the program rolling. And then doesn't he have two, like, big-time recruits? Um, yeah, in? he's got two top 60 signees in Robert Miller III and Curtis Givens. And I think Curtis Givens is a player who's pretty under-evaluated, in my opinion. Sure, he's a top 50 guy, but this is a guy who's a top five-point guard in America, and he's continuing to dominate for, for you know, a, a really good program. And now he, he signed, Robert Miller signed, so he's got two guys that are really key components to what the future of this program is going to look like. and. Certainly, like I was saying, you're going to lose a couple of players this offseason. Some guys are going to graduate, and likely some guys will hit the portal. It's just the new era of college athletics. But you, you you have two really good signees, and you have the chance of going to the transfer portal and bring in, let's say, two, three, four more guys and continue building this this product in Baton Rouge. And I, I'm really impressed with what McMahon's doing with this program. And like I said, man, I feel like the sky's the limit for what he's doing. He's competing in the SEC with a JV roster. So imagine what he's going to be able to do in the SEC with a varsity roster. So I, I like what McMahon's doing, and it's hard to not root for the guy. On, on Wednesday, he was walking around campus, handing out shirts, handing out gift cards, getting kids smoothies, doing this, doing that, trying to encourage students to come to the game. And obviously, they showed out and, and stormed the floor. And here we are. Now you're in. Uh, you're heading to the back end of the season, and you got a lot of momentum going your way. Yeah, no, it, it seems like the Colin Carlos team's defense too. So um, I wouldn't say they're offensively challenged, but you know there are better offensive players on other teams. But the defense does seem pretty good um no he, he's got him he's got to move in the right direction that's all you can ask i don't think the expectations for lsu men's basketball are as high as 
you know, football or anything else like that. So, um, you know, he, he's moving forward and that's all you can really ask for. Uh, kind of sticking on the topic with, uh, basketball, you want to talk about women's basketball a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this women's basketball program is starting to slowly hit their stride. I mean, during conference play, you were battling injuries. You were really dealing with that Angel Reese saga where she was, you know, unavailable for a handful of games. So, you know, you, you've got your momentum going in that area. And when I say momentum, it's really just towards Kim Mulkey finding that elite rotation. Uh, Haley Van Lith was struggling at the point guard position and, you know, she's played off ball most of her career. And now you're going into Baton Rouge as a true point guard. And we saw kind of struggles in that area that the, the offense wasn't flowing as much. But now you see her playing a little bit more off ball. You see last year Poa taking on more of a point guard role. And I think you're figuring out that seven women rotation. And it's 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 starting to become a really, really solid thing for this program. Mulkey's got this the the ship going in the right direction. And you got a big win over Auburn, who you lost to in the first matchup. You got a big win over them yesterday. And it, it's starting to become a really, really impressive stretch for this team. And I'm really excited to see how they end the season and have a lot of momentum going into the NCAA tournament and obviously the SEC tournament before that. Yeah, no, they, they I was looking at the roster last night. Uh, Angel Reese is a junior, right? Technically, she she's going to get honored on senior night, but she has the opportunity to come back for another season if she wants to. Her and I don't, I don't, both. Yeah, I don't see how she. Oh, Van Leth can come back too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't see how they don't come back. I mean, WNBA salaries are less than what they're making now, so Absolutely. it would honestly make no sense for her to go to the WNBA at this moment, which is, I guess, an upside of you know NIL. Uh, people talk about the negatives of NIL, but NIL NIL does allow that kind of stuff to happen. So. Um, no, I think, I think, you know, this team, this, this team's got a lot of players, um, young players. They got a mixture of veterans. So, um, I think, I think they'll be pretty well off. Um, do you see them like, obviously they're national champs. So like you, you could see it, but like, do you think they're actually like championship worthy team or do you think there needs to be more hurdles they need to go through until they get back to where they were last year? You would have asked me that question probably two, three weeks ago. I would have said no. I, I don't envision them, you know, bringing any hardware back to Baton Rouge. But at the same time, last year, I never would have told you that that team was going to win a title. The, the fact that they, you know, ran the tournament, ran the table, and, and came back to Baton Rouge with a national championship trophy was something that a lot of people within the media didn't expect. And they, they hit their stride late. And I feel like we're kind of starting to see that again right now. I feel like you're starting to see this, this program, this rotation, Kim Mulkey, her staff, everybody getting a groove towards the back end of the regular season. And who knows? I mean, if they can carry that momentum into the into the SEC tournament and then into the NCAA tournament, anything's possible. But to kind of detail that one question that you're asking, yeah, I, I certainly think that this team is is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NCAA tournament. I think they're NCAA championship worthy with with, a, with three players who are all-American caliber players and Angel Reese, Anissa Morrow, Haley Vanlith, and not to mention Michaela Williams, who would be that freshman of the year if Juju Watkins didn't exist. But She'll likely be the SEC freshman of the year, I would hope. Um, South Carolina has a pretty good guard who could take that home. But, look, you have four players who are outstanding in Williams, Van Lith. I mean, not to even mention Flaugé Johnson, who was the SEC freshman of the year last year. So, look, your starting five is phenomenal. Your fab five is phenomenal. It's just a matter of finding those bench components to to hold it down in the NCAA tournament because you're going to need to go seven, eight deep. And if they can do that, if Mulkey can get some production from her bench, yeah, this team is definitely championship worthy. How how's their recruiting class looking this year uh, coming in? Yeah, so for the women's basketball team right now, they have one signee in the number one player in Louisiana, Jada Richards, and she's a talent. She she's out of Lafayette Christian. 
And she's, she's a, she's a true player that this program is very, very high on, but they're not done yet in the 2024 class. They're really pushing for the number one player in the country, Sarah Strong. And this is, this is a super talented forward and she, she's uber talented. She, she's a player that this program's high on the country's high on and she's taken her fair share of visits. This is a girl who's been to UConn. She's been to LSU. She's been to NC state, Oregon, South Carolina, Louisville. Like she's been wine and dine by the top programs in the country. And, from people that I've spoken to in her recruitment, it really seems like it's going to become an LSU versus UConn battle. And I really believe that if LSU can get her to put pen to paper later in the spring, I mean, that's just the icing on the cake. If you can bring back Angel Reese or Haley Van Lith and you pair Sarah Strong next to Michaela Williams and company, I mean, this this is a scary, scary roster, but they, they, they've got some work to do in this recruitment. Sarah Strong is obviously a player that people are really pushing for. You know, Gina Oriema and UConn were in there for her semifinal game on Tuesday. And then I spoke with people within the LSU program, and they're going to be sending an assistant out there tomorrow for her state championship game on Saturday. So LSU's in her ear. LSU's making their push. And from what I've heard, I, I really believe that this is going to be an LSU versus UConn battle. And you can see South Carolina enter the mix as well. But look, I, I really think that LSU and UConn have good chances here. And that'd be the icing on the cake to the roster for next season for sure. Nice. Yeah, I know. The... Exciting times for that. Just exciting times for um, all sports, really, LSU, uh, that is. So, um, yeah, keep on LSU at, at the moment. Let's um, – you want to talk about football or you want to talk about baseball? Which one? We can hit on football because, you know, by the time we talk, we're only going to get one more probably podcast in by the time spring football starts. Spring football starts on March 5th. So, yeah, if we can – if you want to get a little bit of, you know, some football action in there, I'm down. Yeah, so what's the latest with recruiting? Um, I know there's just – it's not a dead. Is it still a dead period or not right now? It's still a yeah. dead period right now. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you could still talk on the phone and all that kind of stuff. So obviously, no recruiting visits. Um, but yeah, what's the latest? I know they're going after a bunch of offensive linemen. That's what I've heard. Um, what I guess you can kind of take that any way you want. But yeah, what's the yeah, latest I mean, with the offensive line recruiting? The recruiting game right now is is going crazy, obviously, because it is a dead period and. You can't have in-person visits. You can't go visit them there. They can't come to campus. But, you know, you can hop on FaceTime, Skype, calls, text, and you best believe that this freaking coaching staff is working the phone lines. And and if we want to talk about the offensive line, I mean, you can talk about Brad Davis. He's putting in some work in the 2025 and 2026 classes, and it, it, it's shaping up to be a really eventful march for this program. The weekend of March 8th and 9th is going to be a tremendous, tremendous visiting weekend for that program. It's going to be a junior day type of event. And they're going to have people from all over the country coming in town and kind of diving away from the offensive line. Look, this is this is becoming a huge weekend. You're going to be hosting the number two wide receiver in America and Caleb Cunningham. He'll be in Baton Rouge on March 8th. He'll stay the night that night and stay for March 9th. You know, you, you have a lot of other players coming in town. You have a visit from the number three wide receiver in America and Kalik Lockett. He'll be in for the spring game in March 8th. So, look, it, it's it's becoming a huge, huge weekend for this program. and. Uh, a huge stretch for this program. I'm really excited to see what they do. Do you have predictions on either receivers or is it too early to tell? Too early to tell. They're both right. going to be taking five, six, seven, eight visits. So oh, yeah. okay. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Um, let's stick with running back. So obviously Trey Holly, you know, not a good, not a good situation being accused of secondary murder. Um, what, what, what's the, have you heard anything new about that or is it just kind of, wait and see and let the judicial system play itself out. I think you kind of have to sit back and wait and let the legal system do what it needs to do. Um, tricky subject. 
tough subject to even talk about. But yeah, it's it's a tricky situation. Obviously, he's yeah. suspended from the program. He'll be away for the next couple of months as they work through the legal side of things. But yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, Trey Holly went home for that weekend, and he was surrounded by some people that he might not have, that he probably shouldn't have been with. And it's it's a tricky situation. It's a tricky yeah. situation. Not good. Um, so just kind of staying on football topic, like if let's say he is suspended, like he's not playing this year. I mean, you guess you got to come, you got to guess, you got to go on the transfer portal and go get a running back because then what you'd have Durham. Um, who else would you have? Josh Williams and Caleb Jackson. Is, is there any other running backs on the roster that could even emerge as a fourth spot? I've talked about this a couple of times with some people and it's, Again, it's going to be unique. You're going to have to hit the transfer portal with force. You you have obviously you have Caden Durham who's coming in. He's a fantastic player. You've Caleb Jackson. You've Josh Williams, and that's going to be your three headed snake. But you have to go out and get another player in the transfer portal during the spring window, and you're also going to have to balance the scholarship count because you're over the 85 scholarship count limit right now. So there's a lot of variables that you have to work with here. And technically, Trey Holly's scholarship could count towards the limit. It depends how they work with that. But if, if you can get under the scholarship limit by August, yeah. I mean, you, you have to go out and add another running back. You can't work with just three in the SEC at all. So you, you got to go out and get another guy. And, and this spring transfer portal window is going to come to really, really keep an eye out. Really keep an eye out. Yeah. Do you think it'll be as chaotic as it was in the fall? Or do you think it'll be on par? you think it'll be just I don't less? Think, I think LSU's been very select with the with the players that they've gone after. Um, I wouldn't imagine that they take in a lot of players. I think you'll see a lot of players exit the team. Um, and I wouldn't like to say the word processed, but I think you'll see some players certainly depart the program because they'll see their names dropping down the depth chart. But I don't think the spring window is going to be very eventful at all. I think you'll see a couple of players leave and you'll bring in a running back, a couple of defensive linemen and work from there. Yeah. I think, I think positions to look out for a receiver. There's a ton of receivers. I mean, they're 10 deep, it seems like. So wouldn't be surprised if I see a couple of those guys leave. Um, maybe an offensive lineman. I don't know who who else would. Who? What other position group you think you, you would see get out of there? I mean, look, you're going to see some defensive backs leave. That's a given. Um, you have a lot of players on this roster right now that are kind of. I would not like to say dead weight, but certainly dead weight. Um, so you'll see some some defensive backs leave the team and. Uh, when it comes to additions, you're, you're going to see a running back. You're going to see defensive linemen. And those are going to be the two points of emphasis. I couldn't really see anybody else coming in, maybe a linebacker. But really, your defensive line is where you're going to try to get your bread and butter during the transfer portal. Because, like I said, you're battling that scholarship count. So there's only a select number of people that you actually bring in. And I, I think defensive line is going to be the utmost importance. Yeah. Uh, what about DJ Pickett? Have you heard anything new about him? Or is it just kind of wait and see with him yeah dj pickett just scheduled his official visit for the first weekend of june he'll be in baton rouge and he's gonna that's gonna be one of four visits that he's taking during the month of june and it's it's pretty big i'm, I'm gonna be putting something else about that today um on the lsu country site but yeah he's he locked in that official visit and this is one that Corey raymond's been working behind the scenes since he you know signed the dotted line with lsu him dj pickett and raymond had a really good relationship when raymond was recruiting him to florida and fast forward to now and raymond's back in baton rouge and you know, he has his foot on the gas for Pickett again. And I think this is a guy that has LSU at the top of his list. Certainly there's Florida, Miami, um, just the Oregon entered the mix. Bama, you know, you have a lot of schools that are pushing for this kid. Michigan. Um, but Oregon and LSU have gotten in the mix very recently. And I really think LSU made a significant impression during that visit. You know, we, you and I during the like production meeting beforehand, we were talking about Keelan Moses and how 
he's such an elite level recruiter for this program. And, you know, Keelan goes to U high. So he made, which is on LSU's campus for those who don't know. And he walked over during DJ Pickett's visit, got in there. They had a photo, photo shoot together. They talked it out. They talked a bunch of things and a bunch of players came in town. And I, I think that that was a super, super important visit. And this program and the recruiting class for the future understands that as well. And it went super well. And if you're asking me at this point in time, I would certainly say that LSU is the team to beat for DJ Pickett. And that's a big deal because you have the number one quarterback, number one wide receiver, number one running back, all committed already. And now you have the number one safety in America trending your way as well. Not to mention the number one interior offensive lineman in Micah DeBose, who's also looking to make a visit to the program this uh, spring. So these are five players at number one at their position who are three of them are committed and two of them are trending LSU's way. So it, it's an eventful time for LSU and that 2025 recruiting class is one that's going to, you know, move the, move the needle for time to come. And it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time on the recruiting trail for LSU. Yeah. Pretty insane. Um, and then you kind of figure like what college football, how much things have changed. I mean, Harbaugh leaving, Saban leaving, um, Texas and OU coming in the SEC. So there's going to be a lot of change. LSU is in a prime position to, um, you know, pick up a lot of these kids. So you never know um, what's going to happen with recruiting. But, yeah, no, they're, they're in a great position with that. So um, are there any other key prospects on this recruiting class to keep your eye out for? Not right now. I think, I think that weekend of March 8th is going to be extremely telling solely because you're going to have priority targets, coveted targets, uh, people who might not have been on LSU's radar before coming to town. I think that weekend of March 8th and 9th is going to be extremely telling for this program because it, you're going to have players surrounded by each other, talking, gossiping, talking about other visits, talking about that visit. So it's going to be a super telling weekend for this program. Yeah, I agree. Um, baseball, LSU baseball. Um, what are they? Four and oh, five and oh, five and oh, now five and oh, five and oh. Um, they look good. They almost have too much talent. Like it seems, I think I, I love that Jay Johnson's rotating guys in and out, you know, freshman, sophomore. Um, you know, he's playing a different lineup every single game, so there's no definitive lineup. But yeah, you, you got to be impressed with what he's got going on. And it seems like things aren't really stopping at the moment. Um, you know, their pitching looks good. They obviously don't have a Paul Skeens on the roster, but they have a bunch of guys that can, you know, be, be leaders in the clubhouse. So um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really intrigued to see baseball. Uh, what are your early thoughts uh, so far to these five games? You kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking about like five different lineups and five different games, and it shows the true depth that this team has. Uh, I've been really impressed with guys like Paxton Kling. A lot of people expected him to take that jump in year two, and he's certainly doing that. Uh, during opening weekend, Stephen Malam, the freshman, was extremely impressive. You saw Kate Anderson take the mound as a true freshman and impress. So, look, it's it's really – it's something special that this team has. Obviously, there's no Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, but you, you have significant talent like Tommy White, who's a lock for a first-round pick in my eyes. So the the batting, I guess the hitting and the power is something that's going to be an extreme bonus for this team. You saw Josh Pearson hit two home runs yesterday. You've seen Tommy White hit a home run. You saw Jared Jones hit three home runs during opening weekend. So you have power in that lineup. It's just a matter of balancing everything through. And I really think Jay Johnson has a grasp on the talent. It's just a matter of finding that, you know, perfect lineup. And he's slowly doing that by tinkering it each day. And I'm sure today on, on Friday, we'll see, you know, a six different lineup in six games. So it's just finding that bread and butter lineup that he wants to go with. And he's got a, a certain, he's certainly got a ton of talent at the plate, but on the mound, like you were saying too, there's a bunch of talent. We saw Gage Junk get his first start for LSU yesterday and 
he impressed. He's an electric pitcher. He's got some, you know, saucy stuff. And it was nice to see him get that first start under his belt after coming out of the bullpen over the weekend. So look, this is a team that obviously has national championship aspirations and it's early in the season and baseball is really a matter of when you're hot and how hot you are. And I, I think as he continues tinkering the lineup and finding that before SEC play starts in mid-March, it's the, the sky's the limit again for this program, just like I was saying for the women's program. So yeah, I, I'm really intrigued with what Jay Johnson's got going on. All right. You're Jay Johnson. College World Series is tomorrow. Who's your start? Who's your uh, batting lineup right now? If you had to do it. It's tough, man. You, you got so many, so many players to roll with. Like, Obviously, you got to start with Tommy White. Not start with, but just in that nine-man rotation, you start with Tommy White and Jared Jones. You have to yeah. keep Paxton Kling in there as well. That's three. Josh Pearson shined yesterday. That's four. I mean, you, you have so many guys you can go with. Steven Malam looked really impressive. Um, Bingo. You know, Jake Brown looked really good in right field. There's just so many guys you can roll with, man. Obviously, Hayden, Hayden Travinsky at the DH, that's six. And then the last three spots, it's really just like do with what you want. Like, do you want to put Michael Braswell at shortstop? Yes, probably. So that's seven. And then your last two are, you know, whatever you want to do, whoever you want to put in left field, whoever you want to put, you know, elsewhere. It's it's really interesting. And obviously at the pitching slot, Thatcher Hurd wasn't that impressive in his debut. But today on Friday, he has the chance to shake back and prove to LSU that he's still got his stuff. And, you know, one game is a small sample size and you can't judge a player off that. But you got two extremely talented pitchers and Lou Coleman and Thatcher Hurd. And, it's a matter of finding that Sunday starter, whether it's Gage Jump, Kate Anderson. You got a lot of guys to go with. So, yeah, man, once once uh, the postseason ball starts, you're going to see some some really intriguing stuff. What about Bingham? Bingham. So, like, if you if you had to have a nine man rotation today, you know, like best rotation, who is who is it? Like one through nine. It, it, it's tricky. I think you have to throw Bingham in there just because he's so damn good. Um, but if I'm going to scroll back and go look at that opening day roster, I think you're going to see a lot of things change by by the time. Uh, let me see if I can find this. By the time postseason starts, like you had Braswell, Jake Brown, Tommy White, Hayden Travinsky, Josh Pearson, Jared Jones. Those are lock. You throw in Paxton Kling. That's a lock. And then you really try to figure out if you want to put Hayden Travinsky at the DH or if you want to put Malazzo in there. And I'm probably going to or if you want to put Malazzo at catcher. So I'm probably going to put Travinsky in there. So. That's probably your nine-man rotation there, and then you have Hurd, and you also have Luke Coleman at the pitcher. I mean, you have a bunch of options to roll with. It's it's actually really crazy now that I think about it because I can't really sit back. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like I've I've thought about it. And I'm like, dude, there's there's too many guys, and that's what I'm saying. Like Jay Johnson's been rotating players left and right, which I do love. He's gonna he's get these guys experience, keep them happy as well. So um, five and zero, oh, we can't can't complain about it. Um, they've the whole team has really showed promise, even even with the downs, but. Yeah, I mean, you got, I mean, Malam, Bingham, and then I, I would just keep Tommy White at the second spot or third spot. I'm a big – people were like, oh, you want guys at the third or fourth spot. Like, I'm always a believer of just have the best guy hit first every single time. So, that's more more chances to hit. So, yeah, keep keep Tommy White at the second spot and then Bingham or Malam at the, uh, the first spot because those guys just seem like – you know, trip, uh, not triple, a double or a single every single time. So, um, yeah, no, it's exciting times, um, for LSU baseball, um, you know, level of competition for, uh, should be going up pretty soon. I think, I think early March, they got that, that tournament in, um, Houston. So that should be a good test for them, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, if they had, a, if it, it's an early prediction, but who, who do you think is going to close for this team by the time it's all said and done? 
it's hard to pronounce his name, but probably Fidel Alua, I believe is how you pronounce it. He was the closer over the weekend, and he, he really shined. And we had the chance to talk to him this week, and he's encouraged with that role. So I think if you're looking for that one closer at this point in time, five games in, obviously it's super damn early. But if I had to pinpoint somebody, it would probably be him because he looked fantastic over the weekend. And obviously second weekend coming up right now, and I'd like to see him get some more pitches under his belt, get some more time on the mound, and see how he does there. But, yeah, if I had to pick a guy right now, that's him. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully Cam Johnson. I'm really uh, high on him. I think everyone is, but yeah, he didn't have the best outing. But I think I think he'll be bounce back. I think he'll bounce back. I think he just thinks he needs to learn a little more control on his ball. But yeah, he'll he'll be fine. So um, yeah, anything else you want to touch on? Nah, man, we hit on men's basketball, women's basketball, recruiting, and all three sports. Baseball, um, no, solid LSU pod. We really hit on every single thing that I can even think of. Yeah, well, you can catch Zach on uh, LSU Country. Um, what is it through Facebook? What's the best way to reach you? Twitter? You go through Google, Twitter, Facebook. We're trying to work out some kinks on Facebook right now, so it hasn't been as active. But um, Twitter, LSU Country. You can go on Google, search LSU Country on Sports Illustrated. And look, man, we're pumping out recruiting, uh, women's basketball, men's basketball, football. Spring ball starts on March 5th, coming up in the next, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten days. So we, we got some stuff rolling right now, and it's about to be really, really busy March. So, yeah, it's about to be crazy. Good time to be a – sports fan so but yeah if you guys can like and subscribe we'd really appreciate it and uh we'll see you soon